right, so I'm here to show you if you, if you still need further convincing that there are issues with the 2020 election, a different brand of intelligence. This is open source information, open source intelligence, public records, stuff that you're gonna be able to pull yourself and I want every one of you after this briefing to go validate the things that I tell you, I want you to research these numbers. Now, one of the things that I've had to do this week is adjust my own records. And I have removed the Associated Press and USA Today from my Christmas card list. Because in an effort to debunk my now presidentially endorsed county by county findings, they refuse to even look at these 10 points that I'm gonna show you. These are 10 irrefutable points about the 2020 election that came out in the Western Journal, an article that I collaborated with General Flynn on that show you 10 irrefutable points, regardless of what discipline is used to find the fraud, that no one can refute. So if you want to understand at a high level what happened in this year's election, pay attention, take note, and of course, trust me, but verify. Go home, look these numbers up, and I think a lot of you are going to be surprised at what you learn here in this section. This is the map. This one got a lot of recognition here in the, in the, in the last week. You may have seen President Trump last week put out a statement discussing my findings in which I determined that there are a minimum of 8 million excess Biden votes nationally, not just in swing states or contested states, but based on population trends, registration data, especially when we have party registration information. Now, I promised you guys that there would be some big news about audits in this country, right? Did anybody see that? Okay, does anybody see a very large Republican state down in the bottom of this map, right in the middle, where somebody that might be briefing you dresses like he's from that state, Texas, okay? So I've just received word from Representative Steve Toth, who is the author of the Texas Audits Bill, that our bill will soon have the full endorsement of Governor Greg Abbott. Okay. Okay, so that is big news. That is big news as we have this effort ongoing to find out just what happened in our 2020 election. Okay, the first point that I'm gonna bring up, and of course the media will try to tell you, the media is gonna try and tell you that bellwethers are not predictive. Okay, but what I'm gonna show you is cause for concern that should cause anybody with a brain and the ability to put this information together to wanna to dig a bit deeper. So a bellwether, a bellwether is a leading indicator of a final election outcome. These counties here that I'm gonna show you, there are 19 counties since 1980 that have been perfect in aligning with the winner of our presidential elections. In 2016, President Trump carried all 19 of these counties. You can see most of them are in your working class states in the Northeast. There's also four of them in Wisconsin. And President Obama carried all 19 in both of his campaigns all the way back to 1980. They've aligned with the winner. President Trump carried 18 of the 19 in 2020, with the exception of one in Washington, which I can assure you, and for those of you in the Washington delegation here, you already know Clallam County, Washington has some issues. So President Trump, once again, carries the bellwether counties of 2020 and somehow has not won this election. So it doesn't stop at counties. Bellwethers can also be states. Is anybody familiar with some famous bellwether states? Okay, I heard Ohio, I heard Florida. So Ohio's been perfect all but twice since 1896. But I can make that a bigger coalition for you when we're talking about bellwether states in a big group. Here's Iowa, 
Ohio, North Carolina, and Florida. Since 1896, these four states have been won by the same candidate on 13 occasions, and on all 13 occasions, they've gone to the winner of the election, whether elected for the first time or re-elected. President Trump carried all four of these states in 2016 and carried all four again in 2020. So why does this matter? Those four states represent a strong coalition of voters because our founders created the Electoral College system to encourage coalition building. Otherwise, we would just be one giant electoral map between New York City, Dallas, Fort Worth, and, and Los Angeles looking for a popular vote win. These four states have urban, suburban, rural, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, every sort of voter demographic that you could possibly look for. And that shows that President Trump had a strong grasp on the overall electorate. Point number three, share of primary vote. Who in here votes in primaries? Okay, primary voters are typically your dedicated voters, no matter whether we're talking about Democrats or Republicans or anyone, really. These are your folks that are directing the party on platforms and making sure that the best candidates, well, hopefully making sure that the best candidates are the ones that are being nominated. There is a very strong predictor here that has to do with turnout. Right now, the only arguments I hear against my points are COVID and high turnout. There are statistics that suggest where candidate turnout levels should be. So I'm gonna show you four presidents here. Since primaries were introduced in 1912, these are the four presidents who ran in a primary and lost the subsequent general election. And the percentage you see here is the percentage of primary vote each of these men received. Hoover with 36, all the way over to Bush 41, who had 72.8% of the primary vote. A low number in the primary suggests that the base is not fully behind you. So if you remember George Bush losing in 92, he had a serious primary challenge. And even with a number like 73%, quite a bit higher than these, these other three, he was weakened going into the election against Bill Clinton, and of course he lost. So these are your four presidents since the primaries began who lost the election. On the contrary, these are three Republican presidents, and these are landslides in the general election, okay? So not just landslides in the primary. You see their primary vote shares underneath each of their, each of their pictures. You have Eisenhower with 86%. He went on to win 41 states in 1956, including Minnesota, right? And then we have yes. Nixon in 72 with 87%. He won 49 states, including once again, Minnesota. That was the last time Minnesota has certified itself as a Republican state. And then Ronald Reagan with 99% in 1984, and we all remember that election, and I think there was one state he didn't win. Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota, okay. So there's some issues there as well. But these are, these are numbers that show you a strong Republican candidate in a general election. So 86, 87, 99%, those are some examples. Does anybody know what kind of numbers Donald Trump put up in the 2020 primaries. Okay, so you remember people were pouring out of their houses in the middle of the pandemic to go vote for Donald Trump in primaries. 94%. So look, this is Trump's share of the primary vote with no valid contender to his nomination. 94%. We've never had, since primaries began, we've never had a defeated president with a number higher than 72.8%. This is your, this is your enthusiasm number. Okay, so if we want to really reverse things and you want to argue for high turnout on the other side, which I could show you any coalitions of states when I will, where it's not going to be possible mechanically for both parties to gain significantly. 
Joe Biden, does anybody remember how he did in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada? He was, he was almost to the bottom of the pile and his running mate didn't even make it to the Iowa caucuses. So you wanna talk about a high turnout tandem? I don't think so. Point number four. So these go back quite a bit further than the points that the media will tell you about. Here's 1892. I doubt any of you were alive in 1892. Right? I don't see any takers for that. So since 1892, no incumbent president has gained votes and not been reelected. Never has happened since 1892. The reason that is your cutoff date is because you have a, a slower growth of the union at this point, the states being added are frontier states without significant populations. Before that time, there have been presidents who gained votes because of the growth of the union and not been reelected. Here is, since, since 1900, you can see the, the gain in votes from previous election for each of these presidents. Trump on the far right here with over 11 million votes gained. The two that are higher, you have Nixon in 72. Okay, what happened in 1968, you had a significant third-party challenger who took electoral votes and split the, split the votes up. So you have much more to come over for Nixon in 72. And then Bush in 2004. 2000 is a very historically low turnout election. And 2004 brought us into a more modernized level of turnout. So you have a slightly higher number for Bush. But Donald Trump's total is way higher than the others on the screen. You even have three presidents who have not gained votes, actually two different presidents, FDR and Obama, in 2012 who lost votes and were still re-elected. Obama's loss in votes actually plays into some of the other stuff I'm gonna tell you about these working class states and candidates like Mitt Romney. Voter registration by party. Who's heard me talk about registration by party? Extremely predictive, extremely. It is much more accurate than polls. So why do we have issues with polling? The polarization in the, in the country right now causes serious issues with people wanting to speak to strangers about their political preferences. Maybe not you guys, you'll probably, tell, you'll probably tell anyone what you think, but we're not everybody represented here. Social desirability bias, you know, the, the old suburban women people talk about. You don't wanna to talk to a stranger about this, so you wind up with a 43 to 39 poll, 43 plus 39, you know, what do we get? Uh, we have another 18% unaccounted for. So how can you even call that a thorough poll? So, but we have registration by party. Does anybody state register voters by party here? So the states that do, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Florida, and some others, okay, extremely predictive going back decades, as far back as those records are available. Here's a blurb from Pennsylvania. From 2016 to 2020, just in general, in the four years preceding a presidential election, the party that makes gains in registration is the party that performs best the next election. So a Republican state that advances in Republican registration will be more Republican. And this is almost without fail. And the opposite is true. You can see some states that, it, that advance in Democrat registration and you get a bigger margin. And this is also true at the county level. In Pennsylvania, from 2016 to 2020, who won Pennsylvania in 2016? Donald Trump won Pennsylvania in 2016. That was predictable because in the four years prior to that, the Republicans had a very similar output of net new registrations. Not so from 2008 to 2012, they actually made gains in the registration rolls, but only because the Democrats lost more. The working classes were not interested in Romney, but you still had a five point reduction in the Democrat margin of victory. But when the working class Republican came on scene, Donald Trump, you had numbers like this. So for the past four years in Pennsylvania, 
there were 242,000 net new Republican registrations and only 12,000 Democrat, which is a ratio of nearly 21 to 1, suggesting a massive Republican blowout, at least a Trump blowout in Pennsylvania. This is a four-county sample in Pennsylvania. This is how it works out at the county level. These are four very strong Trump counties. So some of the other presenters have discussed their findings, their methodology, and their discipline. So the focus has obviously been on cyber. Mine is at large. Mine can cover any potential, any potential issues with election integrity. These four counties together from 2016 to 2020, over 50,000 net new Republicans and negative 11,000 Democrat registrations, these four counties. But if you look at my numbers, I would estimate that Joe Biden has up to 68,000 excess votes in these four counties. We need to understand the political dynamics. This is why it's important to be able to understand it. So you locals that are here, you understand your states. Who's here from Pennsylvania or Michigan? Okay, these two states trend perfectly together and they have trended together without fail since 1932. Pennsylvania goes right, so does Michigan. Pennsylvania goes left, so does Michigan. You may not have known that. But in 2008, the blue lines here, these are the Democrat vote totals by year. 2008 was the peak of the Democratic Party in what we now call the Rust Belt or the industrial Midwest. This is President Obama with eight years of a Republican administration sweeping him into office with full command of the working classes, all the unions, record minority support, record minority turnout, soft Republicans, pretty much anything that he has at his advantage he was getting. And then you see it beginning in 2012, this state trended Republican for Mitt Romney, but it wasn't because of Romney. Okay, it was because of the Democrat fallout in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and even beginning in Minnesota. You have a drop in Democrat support, all of these, very limited Republican gains, if any, in these four counties. But then when Trump comes on the scene, you see the Republican vote share take off. And I'm referring to this right here. Look at Luzerne County. Luzerne County is your bellwether of Pennsylvania, has gone to the winner of Pennsylvania in every election since 1936. So Luzerne points to the winner of PA. Any Republican that has carried Luzerne has also carried Michigan since 1936. And then Westmoreland County, population growth matters. Population growth goes hand in hand with new registrations. If you have legitimate registration roles, you're not likely to see both parties in the middle of a coalition shift growing substantially. But what we see here with these blue lines, this is your projected trend line for Biden based on party registration and Trump growth. The blue line actual is the certified total. So these Republican counties are being won by Trump, but by a much smaller number than projected. And then you have Philadelphia much closer and able to do its thing because Rudy Giuliani will tell you Philadelphia is the kingpin of election fraud. But it wasn't possible without stuff like this. Pennsylvania and Michigan trend perfectly together. Here's an example statewide for Michigan. Remember what we talked about, 2008, you have the peak of the Democratic Party in the industrial Midwest. Obama's here with a 17 point victory in Michigan in 2008. I'm sure anybody from Michigan remembers that very well. And then what we have here is the falling away of the working classes from the Democratic Party. This is a 300,000 vote loss going into 2012 in Michigan for Obama in his reelection. Four million votes lost nationally. But because of Mitt Romney's inability to connect with the working classes, you have this flat line here. Not a substantial gain for Mitt Romney, but even so, the margin in Michigan tightens to nine points. So what I say when I say trend is Michigan began trending more Republican beginning in the midterms of 2010 and into the 2012 presidential election. 
So when a coalition shift fully comes together, you continue this. This is another 300,000 vote drop for Democrats going into 2016, but this time the Republican nominee, Donald Trump, has a much more serious vote spike enough to flip the state. This is a state without a lot of growth going on. This is an area that trended Republican because of trade deals. These are not your typical Southern conservative voters. This is a coalition shift in the Midwest that is working class based. And once a trend like this goes into effect, confirmable by numbers you see in Pennsylvania party registration, very difficult to reverse. You're gonna need a completely new political cycle to reverse something like this in this area. And Trump with a 400,000 vote increase in Michigan. So the last election he gained less than half that number and flipped the state. But this right here is a half a million vote increase after two consecutive elections of 300,000 votes lost by Democrats in Michigan. Here's your projected trend line, even in a high turnout scenario, state of Michigan. Now you wanna know why the attorney general is threatening people with police activity for questioning the election in Michigan. Look behind me. Here's Macomb County, same story here. Macomb County was won by President Bush in 2004. Pretty strong performance with the working classes, not quite enough to flip the state. And you see the same thing, Obama opening up a large lead there in Macomb County. He has command of the unions, all working class voters, record minority support, soft Republicans. And then we have the falling away of the Democratic Party in the region. Okay, this is a real thing and it's not just Michigan, it's Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, Ohio, Iowa, you name it. And now we have the inversion here when Trump comes on scene. <clears throat> Macomb County is the home of the Reagan Democrat. This is, so the people that put Donald Trump in the White House in 2016 voted for Obama two times. People need to understand that. These are oftentimes economic Democrats, people that are still registered as Democrats in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin that made these changes. Now we see Trump with a record Republican gain in Macomb County of 40,000 votes. So the last election Trump gained 33,000 votes here. The Democrat column lost 32,000 as a result. Why? A coalition shift is taking voters from one side and they're, now they're voting for the other, meaning there are fewer voters here. And you see the same thing in reverse against Republicans in Northern Virginia. Amanda, I'm sorry to bring up Virginia like that, but it's true. In Fairfax County, Donald Trump still has fewer votes than George Bush had 16 years ago. That's a, that's a coalition shift against Republicans. This is the trend line for Biden in Macomb County, about 145,000 votes based on Trump's performance in the county. Instead, we have 224,000. This is a gap of 70 to 90,000 votes, depending on where your estimate lies in Michigan, in Macomb County. That county needs to be audited. And here are five other states, key states that register voters by party. All of these trended Republican, except for Arizona statewide, due to what I believe to be very curious roles in Maricopa County, but even so, since the presidential primaries, Maricopa County had a 1.3 to one registration edge for Republicans. And I spoke to a gentleman earlier today who said that the Republicans now in Arizona are out registering Democrats four to one. So there's a serious surge now for voter registration, understanding the importance of getting people involved in party politics. Number six, this is a good one. U.S. House elections. Has anybody heard the phrase, a rising tide lifts all boats? So one would think with a large electoral landslide by any party, you could expect down ticket effects to sweep in members of that person's party. Here's a few examples. 1980, Reagan won by 10% popular vote. The Republicans picked up 34 U.S. House seats. This is a time, some of you may remember this, 
in which Republicans did not have a majority in the House for about 40 years, not until the contract with America in 94 did that change. Reagan reelected in 84, humongous victory, and they pulled back, Republicans pulled back 16 House seats net that had been lost in the midterms in 82. And then for the sake of including the Democratic Party here in a landslide recently, you have Obama's large 2008 win, 7% popular vote win, brought 21 House seats for Democrats. So let's talk about 2020. How do we think? So 306 electoral votes is pretty impressive. I mean, especially given the level of polarization that we have today, it's not bad. How do we think the Democrats did in the U.S. House in 2020? Minus 13. Not one single Republican House incumbent was defeated. So everyone showed up to vote Republican down ticket, but make sure we put a new president in. The trend of Florida, anybody from Florida here? Florida, Michigan, and Pennsylvania have strong correlation with their working class vote. The next slide I'm gonna show you is a little busy, but it could be busier. This trend goes all the way back to 1932. The red and the blue, this represents the party that made gains in those states, not necessarily the party that won. George Bush carried Florida in 88, but I have it in blue because the, the state went several more points towards Democrats, eight points exactly. Uh, so you have a Republican state, but it trended blue. So likewise, Pennsylvania and Michigan followed Florida. So Florida was my lead indicator on election night. I was watching for a Trump win larger than 1.2%, which would suggest to me based on 88 years of statistics that Pennsylvania and Michigan confirming Pennsylvania's registration trend would follow behind Florida. And of course, for the first time in 88 years, we had Florida went two points more Republican and Pennsylvania and Michigan backed off to the left. So the trend of Florida has serious correlation to what goes on in the industrial Midwest. This is definitely going to interest you. This is Trump's performance in the battlegrounds. So we could be talking about counties, we could be talking about states. Clearly in Arizona, we're really talking about one county, although we could certainly make a case for, for Pima County for a forensic audit as well, and maybe that will happen. When a Republican candidate, when the Republican brand loses steam, and you can see this pretty much as far back as you wanna look, you see a flatlining of votes, which usually corresponds with registration data, and then you see a decline in Republican vote shares and then a coalition shift in the opposite direction. Not the gains that President Trump made in 2020. This is Maricopa County. Let me tell you what you're looking at here. You're looking at net votes gained from previous election. In 2004, George Bush had a record Republican vote gain in Maricopa County of 199,000 votes from 2000. And then John Kerry had 118,000 more than Al Gore did. That is the Democrat record in Maricopa County for new votes gained in one election, 118,000. Barack Obama had 97,000 new votes from Kerry. Then he was flat in 2012. Then Clinton had 101,000 new votes from Obama's 2012 performance. You can see here that Donald Trump carried Maricopa County with fewer votes than Mitt Romney had four years prior, still carried the county. Now this year, this is a county that hasn't been Democrat since 1948. 1948, a long time ago. Donald Trump says Republican record vote gain coming in Maricopa County, 248,000 new votes. And then 338,000 
net new Biden votes from 2016 to win the state by 10,000. Okay, so these, this is why, even if you can't put it into words, why there's an audit going on in Maricopa County. I was just in Georgia last week. You know, the South is great for hospitality. I grew up in the South. Who's from Georgia? I know Candace was here earlier. Anybody from Georgia? No? Okay, so in a Republican stronghold, in a place like Texas or Georgia, a lot of the strength for the Republican Party comes out of suburban counties or exurban counties. These are turning into your new suburbs. You used to have Cobb and Gwinnett were the suburbs of Atlanta. So now they're becoming even more populated, and of course people are spreading out further to counties that are further away. I want you to see the Republican brand when there's not much enthusiasm for it, and you can really see it here in the, you can see it here in the middle. This is 2012, 2016. These five counties are exurban or suburban Atlanta counties, and these are Republican strongholds. The way the Republicans win Georgia is these counties and the rural areas overwhelm Atlanta, period. And if you ever get to the point where Metro Atlanta overwhelms this, the Democrats do win the state. These counties here, Forsyth, Hall, Cherokee, Paulding, and Coweta, they grew tremendously from 2004 to 2008 from a small number of votes, which is why in two of these counties, you do have a higher percentage vote gain than we have for Trump in 2020. But remember, raw votes percentage, there is some, some change here. But we have Romney. Romney didn't motivate the conservative base. So we have some population growth that leads to vote growth. This is 10% vote gain, 20%, 30%. And then Trump, in states like Georgia, you have the Never Trump coalitions, and I'll show you in Texas, you had the same thing with the Ted Cruz grudge going on in Texas. You see this flat vote share for Trump, even with some population growth, Romney and Trump here. So the year we lose Georgia, the year Donald Trump loses Georgia with a modern gain of, record gain of 373,000 statewide, is when Trump goes 21 to 24% gain in all of these counties in 2020. These are the so-called suburban women who abandoned Trump, okay? These are the suburban voters who abandoned Trump with record gains on a record new population growth. So tremendous amounts of votes. And in Forsyth County, you may not see it on my slide because I don't wanna make it too busy, but in Forsyth County, the Democrats grew their vote share by 80%. So you have a 14% loss in Republican margin in, in this county. So all these counties are anywhere from seven to 14% margin loss for Trump with record vote gains in these counties. You're getting Atlanta closer to pull the absentee game by trimming margins in these counties. These are some Democrat strongholds throughout our country. Cuyahoga County, anybody from Ohio? This is, this is Cleveland's county here. Okay, then we have Bronx and Manhattan, New York, and we have Cook County, Illinois, Chicago. This is percentage of votes gained from 2016. This gives you an example of how we have a very wide variance of support for Biden based in the major metros across the country. I could show you the same for Indianapolis, Baltimore, Boston. We have 4% Democrat gain in Cuyahoga County, Cleveland, less than 1% in Bronx, 4% in Manhattan, and 7% in Chicago. Now, of course, 7% in Chicago is still a pretty decent amount of votes. What do you think I'm about to show you next? Because this is blocking something out right here. Okay, I'm gonna show you the four major Democrat counties in Metro Atlanta, Cobb, Gwinnett, Fulton, and DeKalb, compared to these four. 
you're going to see there's a lot of motivation in Georgia. So there's no matching trend here at all. And these, are, these counties are already large counties. This isn't like a brand new county that hardly had any voters and now all of a sudden it's, it's populated. Gwinnett County is a 46% gain for Biden. Fulton County, of course, is very high as well. We, we've seen what happened in Fulton County on election night. This is quite a disparity. Texas, all right, we all need to support everybody in Texas who's pushing for these audits, okay? It's great news today about the governor. But same story, same story in Texas. The Republican Party strongholds are your suburban counties outside of all of the major metros, Houston, DFW, San Antonio, Austin. And then of course you have the rest of rural Texas, which, is, which packs a serious punch, but it's less than it used to be. 88% of the vote in Texas is urban and suburban. So you're getting to a point where if you lose your strength in the suburban counties or in the, or in the exurban counties, Texas absolutely could be a state that has some volatility in the election totals. Here, we have the same thing I showed you in Georgia. This is Harris County. So McCain underperformed Bush in raw votes in Harris County, even with the population growth. Romney barely up from McCain, and then Trump seriously down in Harris. In Texas, there was a significant issue between the Trump and Cruz factions in 2016. Serious issues and also a number of just your standard conservative voters didn't know anything about President Trump and believed the things that they read about him. So you had a lot of third party sit outs. Well, this year in Harris County, I don't know if people might have warmed up to President Trump, but here's a 30% vote gain for President Trump after three consecutive elections of almost next to nothing or nothing or less. Hayes County, 40% growth. Tarrant County, the Republicans have not gained a vote from Bush 04 until Donald Trump gained a Republican record of 64,000 votes. To lose this county for the first time since 1964 with a Democrat vote gain that was twice the previous record in an energy county. Figure that one out. Williamson County, 30% plus Trump gain. This county flipped, so did Hayes. Collin County, we have 6%, 6% and 2% growth in the previous three elections for Trump to go grow 26% in Collin County and only win it by four points. That's typically a 15 to 20 point Republican County. So now you see why people aren't crazy for expecting Texas to be audited. Number nine, you've heard this one before. You can see it manifest itself in Miami-Dade County. I mean, you, had a, you had a near flip of Miami-Dade County and that was forecast by a slight Republican registration advantage but driven by the conversion of former Democrats to America first voters. So the Cuban population, the Venezuelan population, Trump even did better with the Puerto Rican population throughout Florida. This is, this is monumental. And it's also what led to South Texas and West Texas performing better for Trump than they did for George W. Bush, who was a hometown Texan in 2004 with the Hispanic vote. Richard Nixon had the highest modern Republican share of the non-white vote. Now, in 1960, most of the non-white vote was the black vote, 32%. Now the electorate is much more diverse. But Donald Trump, even if we can piece together what we can out of exit polls, which clearly due to the issues with the election are probably very inconclusive, we have at least 26% of the non-white vote going to Trump. This varies by region probably expect 40 plus percent of the Hispanic vote to be credited to Trump in places like Florida and Texas, 
which is skewed off by other states like California where the populations are slightly different. And then finally, this tells me a lot. Who's from Minnesota? Okay, we've talked a lot about Minnesota today. But did you guys know at 4 p.m. on the afternoon of November the 3rd, the Attorney General from Minnesota, Keith Ellison, put out a tweet begging people to go vote because we don't have the votes right now that we need. You're telling me you don't have the votes to win a state that's been in your column since 1972. Only three hours before the state closed and went to Biden by as bad as, as Obama beat Romney. Okay, so what you pick up on the outside, this is the only piece of non-statistical information I'm gonna give you. But what is going on with the media and the politicians regarding this election? Okay, Donald Trump carried Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin by 78,000 votes total in 2016. Joe Biden carried Pennsylvania this year by 80,000, and he's in Pennsylvania urging people not to audit the state. 80,000 votes should stand up, you would think, right? The best way to make all of these events, like this symposium, speakers like myself, go away, is to put the cards on the table. So here's a few examples. So Colorado, we've talked a lot about Colorado yesterday, thanks to, thanks to the presenter. 14-point Biden state and the Secretary of State has banned all election-related audits. 14 points. Michigan, the Attorney General wants to use the police to intimidate people who question the integrity of Michigan's election. And in Pennsylvania, of course, Mr. Once all the votes are counted, Trump will lose the state, Josh Shapiro. We have the president going to Pennsylvania to make sure that there's no audits. All right, so 10 points about our elections. Okay, these have yet to be taken up by anyone in the, in the press. Okay, this is an open challenge, okay? This should at least at a bare minimum demand that we crack open the books, lay the cards on the table, and audit our election. So look, I'm equipping you with information. It's a, it's a very difficult thing to look at these numbers and not question what we've lived through for the past nine months. Okay, this is not conspiracy talk. This is historical fact, which is why I encourage everyone, I encourage everyone to go check these numbers. Okay, they're thoroughly researched, double, triple, quadruple checked. Okay, go challenge these numbers. And then remember, it's up to you guys locally to make the difference. So we can stand up here and give speeches all day. You can find interviews on YouTube all day. But, you know, if not for, if not for the Robert Sutherlands of the world, who's taken a stand there in Washington State, Robert, please stand up. He is driving forward in a state where the Republican Party lacks significant leadership, looking to put these cards on the table there in Washington with no guarantee of success other than he's doing what he believes to be the right thing. Okay, so for the legislators that showed up here, I commend you for coming and for being willing to learn. There's many resources available for you here in the back and all throughout. And this is what we have to do. So we are here not for parties and not for candidates, but this sacred process that we have is something that I just showed you, has some serious holes in it and some serious issues. And we need to confirm for the people of this country that we have legitimate election systems or we need to fix the things that went wrong. Okay, so I thank you all for your attention and I thank you most importantly for your action.
stories put out there, but I want to go through one more time what we hope to accomplish here. You know, and with Dr. Shiva that was up here and uh, telling you what they've done, that's kind of who's, how are they doing this absolute cover-up? How are they doing this cover-up? This is a big thing. How are they covering up? How did they, if you take away our right to free speech, it's over. So if we lose that, and if you take the election, you take the election, then you take away people's right to free speech, and you got everything. Well, what you just seen there, before I left, I assumed that you were seeing mathematical improbabilities, of, of, right? Is that what you've seen? Basically, mathematical, complete impossibilities. Well, and you've seen that with Dr. Doug Frank, too. It's impossible. Well, that's just looking at deviations. Everyone in this country has to know that they, these are math two plus two always equals four. And that's it, okay? And so if you know that, and then you say, well, you got, that's a deviation. And with the deviation, you have to have a different, you have to find out how that deviation happened because a different input changes the output, okay? In this election, we had, they had other variables with all the mail-in voting and all these things, but those aren't the deviations that, that you could not explain the deviations just by mail-in voting. And, by, and here's why, just use Michigan. I'll just explain a couple of deviations that were unexplainable. In Michigan, you had 100,000 votes dropped in the middle of the night that all went to Biden. And you, and you think of that is going, well, what did they tell us, the, the fake news? They said, they said, oh, the mail-in votes, everybody thought, wow, we got to quit that mail-in voting because, uh, you know, they're, they in their mind, oh, they cheated or, or everybody goes, made it easy for Democrats so they can mail in their votes. And that's not true. The mail-in votes were counted on the morning of the third. So now I'm going to ask the same question. How did 100,000 votes come in in the middle of the night for Biden? And it, it, it was what? It, you know, this is, this is the deviation you gotta look at. But the, one of the biggest ones I look at, where the, this validates the machines that it had to be cyber. One of the things, and it's very simple. Look at all the states where non-residents voted, that they reported this from the Secretary of State's office like Georgia. It goes on and on. If you went to all of them, that they, they just haven't been looked at because uh, they, they were, the spread was too big or Donald Trump won. If you look at that map that I showed you yesterday with all the states that every state was hacked, every one of them had non-residents that voted. Did you know that? Everyone that don't live there, you know, but those, those weren't Democrats or Republicans or jumping across the fence to vote. It's because they used the 2010 voter rolls. It's so simple. It's so simple. That's why you have more people that voted in counties than live there. These people really did move out of that state and their names were used. It's otherwise it's impossible. This many people didn't go, I'm gonna commit a crime today. Hey, don't you think we'd have heard about some people that would not want to commit a crime go, hey, they're planning to commit a crime. Um, you know, they're gonna go vote. It just does it wouldn't make sense. Nobody would do that, especially thousands and thousands of people. Same way with dead people. You look back in other elections, dead people's names weren't on there. This is the only election. All of a sudden, you have dead people everywhere that voted. They didn't get up and vote, and no one got out a pencil and went, hello, uh, what's this guy's name? I'm going to this guy. And slid him through and got 8,000 votes through for dead people in one state. It had to be what? The 2010 census report that they took their names from that 
voter roll. That's why you heard, you heard Dr. Frank, I mean, Dr. Sheba, um, no, Dr. Frank. When Dr. Frank spoke, he went to every state. That's why every state is the same. You go to the first county and you check the percentage of 25-year-olds or 7-year-olds or pick any age. That same exact percentage that voted of 25-year-olds was throughout the whole state. It's impossible, absolutely impossible. But they used the 2010 voter rolls. So that's very simple. That's why people it explains it explains basically the whole election. Like it explains like this is so different that uh, um, more people voted that live in the county. That's because the county they moved out of the county to, to from rural to urban, or people died. And if you look at every place in the United States, if we opened up and said, let's look at these voter rolls, why do you think now this is the cover up, Dr. Frank? He said all the Secretary of States now won't give you those. 2010 registered voter rolls. They won't, or I mean the ones that came this time, the ones that they used in this election. They won't give it to you. They buried it, they stopped you from getting it. Well, there's a reason for that. They know when he started coming out with his stuff, they're going, oh, wow, this is a cover up. Look at, it. it's the same in every state, every single one. And it could only be done with computers. You can't explain um, every single state. If you looked at everyone, Look it up. Um, there's one state, if you see his work, in Colorado, where more, I think I told this one yesterday, that was, a, it was an anomaly. It was a deviation from norm, even from the pattern. It was a deviation from the deviation, right? This massive deviation. And what it was, was all of a sudden, only half the county voted. And they're going, we're going, what? We're looking at that. He, sh he showed me that one. And I go, so I don't get it because he showed me because I look at deviations. That's what I do every day with my pillow. I look at it and here, all of a sudden, he got, there's this one that's half. And he goes, they built a prison there since 2010 and half the county's in prison. So, the, so, you know, things like this, everything could get explained away. But what it did, because you had that variable... The other variable of the mail-in voting, which everyone's saying, and then you had, sure, you had stuff like Suckabucks, you know, little containers he put in cities to so they could dump all these ballots in there. Now, did they use some for that? Probably, you know, that they used, because they needed to get, they needed to grab people from somewhere. When you use the 2010 voter rolls, and then you set the machines, and now China does this, they hack in, and, and they take, they spread it over 50 states. Now, when Donald Trump was going to win anyway, in spite of the algorithms, that's where it exposed them. That's where they had to shut everything off all six states. Isn't, don't, isn't it weird, kind of weird, that all six states stopped at the county at the same time? But what did they do? They convinced us that, oh, it's because we're living in a different time with COVID and, you know, and mail-in voting. They used that for excuse for every single deviation we've seen. Nobody said, but they all use different excuses. Georgia is a leaky pipe. This one over here, oh, they have trouble counting. This one over here. So you wake up in the morning and everything changed. Well, the biggest thing that lie was that the mail-in voting. It wasn't the mail-in voting because they counted them on the morning of the third. That's what every, so if you take that out, now explain it. That's what I'd like to, now explain it. Once you take out the mail-in voting was counted on the morning of the third, explain what happened in the middle of the night on the fourth, on November 4th. You can, Michigan, or on Pennsylvania, you could say, well, they, they, they did count their mail-in voting 
after that because they made up laws you could count it all week so you had all week to make up i don't know 850,000 votes 850,000 votes and they're going and they're showing you this little these you know those big cities the inner city they all go for biden that's what they convinced us as because they're using what do we have out there dr sheba sold you that the censorship which can also be used for the cover-up and what they did there so they all had to react each state that night all had to react instead of using them algorithms now you had to physically do things you had to pump in these boats and add these boats and put stuff over windows and because you didn't have the algorithms to back you up if that wouldn't have happened though we wouldn't be sitting here because we wouldn't have known about the machines if they would have if they would have predicted right and not use those 2010 census report had better sent you know better things that they had predicted right or actually it said donald trump got so many votes they didn't count on so the racetrack got uh, too short but if that wouldn't have happened we would have all went to bed at three in the morning biden would have won we'd have never known the difference and we'd have said oh those mail-in votes you know better luck in 2022 and i'm telling you it wouldn't have been 80 million to, or 81 million to 75 like they said it would probably been like 75 if they'd have predicted right you know it would have been a lot less they would have if they'd have known what but they had no idea donald trump was going to get 80 million votes and when you got that so you if you explain away deviations like he's got mathematical impossibilities i can now there's only one way to explain away every single deviation in that election i can go through and tell you now this is it, it dead people didn't vote their names were used they really died you know, illegal, Ill, Ill, you know, you had some, you know, in Cal, let's say California, illegals voting. I'm sure you had a lot of organic, you know, organic uh, theft there, you know. And in fact, when we reveal, tonight we're gonna reveal the actual final results of the whole country. And we're gonna reveal that. And it's off by what I said. It's off on the, on the low end of Biden. It's, it's uh, where I had Trump. I've been telling everyone 80 million to 68 million. I was off by some on the, on the Biden's total, but that's not counting. Remember, this is just machine stuff extracted, not all the other stuff that went on in California where you had, you know, there's not no IDs, there's just all kinds of stuff. Hey, come on in a boat, you know. We don't, we don't care, you just came across the border and you're not even vaccinated, but I gotta try and take one, you know. Um, but anyway, they, um, I just wanted to tell you, you can explain away now you, it's, it's it's actually why i haven't gotten when it, you know was so happy when i got the machine evidence on january 9th because and why you know dr frank and then you had uh you know these mathematics out here with captain seth the these things it was bothering me that all those weird things like you know people are good people in general and you don't have 20 some thousand people from one state vote that weren't residents there so there's only one answer in its computers and that it's so simple and you know but to have the answer and to finally get that and then to find out how they did it and know everything and then to have the, every single capture validated in evidence and which brings up another thing here because the news i haven't seen it but there have i've been i've been hearing all kinds of stuff out there on social media um, one guy says, uh, you know, the May, there's this, these are from May 2021. This is the big one out there. 
One guy in the back said, I'm, I'm going to get the $5 million because, you know, the, the challenge is you need to show that this, that this stuff is not from the 2020 election. Okay, so some guy's back there, look it, I open this up, it's from May of 21. Well, that's the stuff that's on the internet about what you heard this morning here with Dominion trying to cover up. I mean, I mean, the guy's a little mixed up back there. Keep your, keep your fraud together. This is Dominion trying to cover up. This is what Dominion did with China. Let's get it right. So we can straight out the media on that, but it just everything you're reading out there, this has been amazing because it's all coming out, and our voices are going to get out there. You're still here. This guy's a trooper, ain't he? He works nonstop, nonstop since uh, he got involved in this election. Love you, man. Uh, Frank. Fighting for our country. Right on, right on. You'll be here with me here next to you. Do you like anyone? And here is our cyber expert here on the end, Jaza Smith. And uh, she's uh, you're you're part of a red team. I, I was I, went, I had to learn what a red team was. <laughs> I'm a, I'm an engineer by trade. Wow, oh, that's all. That's awesome. And she was actually running the mock election, right? I was. I went in there and I'm trying to go okay. So, and she's getting into details with me. I says, I don't want to know the details. I just want a picture of a packet capture coming down and a cyber guy reading it and telling me what happened. <laughs> the reason why uh, Draws is so important to have here, and uh, I recommended her to, to Mike and, and his team, is because of her qualifications, not only as a cyber person, uh, she was former cybersecurity at Sandia, right? A research engineer. Oh, and, and I want to ask something before we get started. What 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 does it take to be a cyber forensic person? I mean, is there a lot of schooling? Can you get it online? I mean, what does it take? So so I I went the academic route. I have uh, several degrees in in engineering in particular. Um, most people that go into cyber forensics go the route of getting certifications where they do training either under people under other people who have those same certifications or at home and then they take certification exams that prove that they have learned the skills that allow them to right. do proper forensic activities and proper interpretation of the findings so so you went so how long do so how long you been doing this um, I've been an engineer for a couple decades no. <laughs> You're not supposed to ask her age. Oh, I wasn't supposed to ask her. <laughs> okay. But, but. I, I first met her, though, because the professor arranged this really interesting interview on the professor's record where he brought together Edward Solomon and me and Draza because we all are math geeks and we had all approached the mathematical approach from different angles. And, and so you were like, you recognized that, hey, we need to bring these people all together. We all had math that was confirming the same thing, but different And ways. it was different ways. Different Edward ways. Solomon, by the way, you can all go online. He's not here, but you go online. It was so complex. I met, I haven't, I haven't met you, but I met, and I, we just met. But I met Dr. Frank, but I met Edward Solomon, and I, it took me, and I am very good. I took calculus in eighth grade, and he's going, he's showing his stuff is like, so complex, but then yes. I finally got it after the third showing of four hours each time. I'm going, wow, I get it. Yeah. And it mathematically 100% proved that what machines were used or computers. Absolutely. Computers. Remember, everything they proved, it had to be done by computers. I was just showing them. I was just talking to them. You know, you had your um, improbabilities, right? I had to leave.
trying, guys. I'm trying to get it back. Oh no, they're attacking the cyber symposium. I mean, dude, of course, right when he brings on the cybersecurity expert, they get taken down. Like, fuck. It shows the setup, how we had our, our uh, credit limit of voters put in place. Um, the next step was to take and develop a curve that then you could put the states in order from 1 to 51 because D.C. gets electoral college votes as well. And you develop a curve so that when you put in one for Wyoming into that curve function and you get a number out, that is the percentage of Trump to Biden votes that you will have at the end of the election before the first vote is cast. And you can do that for all 50 states. And then once you have that set point, you can see from the beginning of the vote that the vote is placed at a certain point and then you watch it just like set point walk up to that predefined percentage of Trump to Biden votes. Like the set point on your cruise control. Like the set point on your cruise control. So if you're going at 35, which is like what you were at the start of the, start of the election, of ratio, a ratio of votes, and you set your cruise control to 55, it will just go up to 55 over time, and that's what the percentage of Trump to Biden votes did, regardless of the state you were in. It just went to the, the percentage that you, as a state, were assigned by someone else before wow. the start. Is, that, is, is the cruise control an algorithm, though? The cruise control is an algorithm. Now talk about what happens when you hit a hill. <laughs> well, so we have, we have some states that have a really smooth algorithm, no problem. That's a really, really fine-tuned engine, and it just starts at that 35, and it goes straight to 55, and they have mail-in votes, all mail-in votes. They're completely controlled. Wow. And then you have other states, and other states have a little bit of deviation in them. They, like, have a catch at 45, and they don't quite go smooth all the way up there. And that's because those states have in-person voting. And so the algorithm has to adjust a little bit more to keep you approaching your set point as it compensates for the deviation for what someone else intended for us by the presence of the real will of the voters from the mail-in, from the in-person votes. Okay. I'm going to quick insert a question. Um, so, like you had in every state where every the same percentage of 25 per, 25 year olds vote in yeah, exactly. the county, yes. and but you're saying they did it for they each state set set that their cruise control. So I've not I've not I've not completed the complete um, analysis of the entire country, but what I but can a lot of states I, I've done a lot of states. What about 30 now? Yes, and what I can see is it looks like they use the same base algorithm for every state. But just like what Dr. Frank found, they use slightly different coefficients for different exactly. states. So you see the same shape of approach to the set point for every election within a given state. And then it changes slightly going to the next state. So what I say is that's kind of like dancers learning the same dance moves right. and then dancing with different levels of skill. So, so that explained to you because you told me it, the same thing they set in Ohio might not be in Pennsylvania. Exactly. It's so you got to go. You got to go look at the first county 
If you look at the first yeah. one, yes. they're all the same within that state. Exactly. Is, that, is that right? That's true. So and wow. it's the same with you. So, so the can, can you are... apply it to Florida? Because we talked about the, oh, keep, yeah, this keep is the big. cruise control. Listen to this. Yeah, this, this, is this is and, and remember, we looked at Florida yesterday. One million votes. Remember that the cyber thing, or that the numbers showed. So this yeah. is this is my favorite thing about your analysis right here. <laughs> this, this Florida analysis is really cool. Yeah. So what? What I saw, so w the way that that, what I call the national key curve was defined is that if you have equal number of, equal percentage of Trump to Biden votes, that would give you a 100% ratio, right? So everybody then that would have a greater than 100%, the electoral college votes would go to Trump, and everyone that had less than 100% then would be go to Biden, the electoral college votes. So what I saw when I was looking through the data is that the time-based data. Time-based data, time series data. Because that's the, all the data I've been looking through is the data that shows what happened over time as opposed to like Captain Keschel's analysis of large well, data and what she, when what she's saying here, when that finally matures is you have the result from Wisconsin at 3.42 in the morning on November 4th. 168,000 votes came in, 85% for Biden. So you have these but, outcomes in a 21,000. But, but that really doesn't matter. When, when you look at the numbers, that didn't matter. What mattered was that, uh, so what, what really happened to Florida was Florida was, was predefined to go to Biden in that original curve. Yes, it was. And then they were in things happened during the vote. We had an awful lot of the Hispanic community coming out and voting for Trump. Miami. They didn't have enough credit line in what Dr. Frank showed exactly. to be able to overcome the that. Plus, so so the, the cruise control <laughs> app. This is what I'm, I'm I'm waiting for. So what she's saying or translating here is set your cruise control at 115 miles per hour. <laughs> your car only goes to 120. Yeah, pretty Miami much. Miami Dade basically created a hill, and no matter what, there wasn't a line of credit for it to get to. The speed that it wanted to. Exactly. Is that, is that why that they didn't take that trying to take that, Florida? And that's why it took so long for Florida to be called, because they were trying, and it's and safe. that's why and that's why um, yes. Captain Keschel shows on his map that the Panhandle in Florida is bright red because they're an hour they're in Central Time Zone. They had an extra hour to try to do something there to recover from what happened in Miami Dade, right. and they couldn't. And now, when, when you, they had not when enough you say, gas when you say they is that would that would be like. Um, um, a machine or a computer. Oh, it, it, it has to. It has, it has to, be, to be a computer. It has to be computer controlled. And don't they have well to pull them. names from voter rolls? And that's for your 2010. Right. So they ran out of. We just looked at Florida last night by having this, these captures and stuff from the 2020 election, and we showed in, in Florida. They, I don't know if you guys can you find the Florida one from yesterday, but in Florida, one million votes. One million votes were taken for Florida, one of the highest states, and he still won by a landslide. Correct. And, and that's an example of what he what what you're saying. said. They ran out of railroad track, they right? They did. They look had at this. So, pedal to the metal. And they so look get at, if you look at here, that was the real total of 61 to 48. And down here, it's like, look at the, so they ran out of blue to take. Is that right? I, I don't know where... I don't know those numbers, but I can see in the trends of the of the of the numbers I have looked at right. that at some point in time they got to the point where there was no nothing left to do adjustments, right. and they had to call it. And it wow. looks 
Yeah. Well, not only that, what what did that do to Arizona, though? This is this is the big thing. <laughs> well, he is, what I what I believe, and this is only my theory. I have no proof of this. It's a decent theory. <laughs> I think that Florida was intentionally placed on the side of the curve where it was going to be a Biden state as part of a psychological impact because DeSantis has been down there. He's been so strong, and um, and. Uh, Donald Trump had moved his primary residence to Mar-a-Lago in Florida, that if they would have been able to manipulate votes to force Florida to become a Biden state in this election, the news media could have twisted this into a public, ref public uh, you know, referendum or, or statement on, on, on what they were doing, that people really wanted to be wearing masks and people really wanted to be doing all of the things. Um, but when they weren't able to manipulate that state, and it basically broke the algorithm. That's the algorithm that was broken. They couldn't control that percentage to drive it to the set point because of the people getting up off the couch and actually voting. So their unused vote was not left in that credit line exactly. to be able to they be manipulated. Yep. When that got called for Trump, they had to panic. They had to stop. We had to stop counting on everybody else that was still on the table. And we have to redo that curve with everybody that's still available and we have to grab other states and that we're going to be Trumps and push them to Biden and everything else, redo the calculations, and then we can restart the vote. But they wanted the, they wanted the, the Florida going to, Biden. going to Biden to be a psychological impact, you know, to, to, the, to the Trump supporters that were watching the election, kind of like, you know, to, to demoralize. So when Florida came out... I believe that Arizona, because of the high number of mail-in votes, was a captured audience. It, it was known. There were certain states that were so well planned that, you know, like California, we count four votes in California and we call it Democrat, but right? But did, did it make Arizona a must-win at that point? It, I, don't believe, I don't believe it made Arizona a must-win. I believe it, it made Arizona a captured state that they could then announce as Is that Trump, why Fox announced it early? That's the question. They could, they could announce it. The they, they Where's could. Fox? Shame on you, Fox. They, they could announce it earlier because they wanted that demoralization factor. They didn't get it from Florida. They knew Arizona was a captured entity, so we can call it with 12 votes counted for that demoralization factor. Well, so once North Carolina and Florida were in the bag for Trump on election night, so it did indeed whether it was deliberate or not, turn Arizona into a must-win because the score being put up in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin by Trump at the time was going to be an election night win if Arizona didn't stop I, the momentum. I don't see that exactly the same way because what I saw is that Arizona was captured and it was announced as, as a demoralization factor. Georgia and North Carolina were flipped. North Carolina looks like it was originally on the curve for Biden and Georgia was originally on the calendar for Trump. And then when Florida went, and that's 29 votes that were supposed to go to, 29 electoral college votes that were supposed to go to Biden, went to Trump, well, now we have to stop the count. Well, let's grab Wisconsin and let's grab Minnesota, Michigan and push it over there. That's 10 and 16. Now we've got 26 back. Georgia and Florida, we, uh, Georgia and North Carolina, we've got them in the middle. Georgia's 16, North Carolina's 15. Let's swap those two, and that's one more we've recovered. And let's keep Alaska in the back pocket. <laughs> so, I agree with that. Yeah. See, we got some brain power up here, folks. <laughs> that's that's what I'm talking about. But it explains, it explains another deviation. It explains 
really logically why Arizona was yeah. called early. It was yes. to demoralize yes. everybody that's seen Arizona got went down a little bit. Exactly. Like, and that's why they were so upset with Fox, who called, who is the one that called it early. Yes. Not, we were seeing it on there going, it on doesn't make sense. But then they got to go, Arizona, it goes to Biden. I mean, that's psychological. And we just had a chart up here where it might say, uh, you know, where's Fox? I mean, that's part of the cover-up. I really believe it. And, and it explains that, and it really explains, because we also wondered yesterday, we pulled up North Carolina. You know, when they, when they sat there, it's like you, North Carolina and Georgia were kind of frozen time, and you're going, what's going on here? Why, and why North Carolina? They clawed and clawed at Georgia, and then you're going, okay. It looked like they were trying to grab North Carolina, too. You think part of that would be... Um, you think part of that would be, um, you know, here in North Carolina. You look at the difference there. But yeah. what, what I'm it, saying is this. I'm saying when they, when they're, you're, you're going for North Carolina and Georgia and you're freezing it, I believe, I believe they were trying to also, because of what was going on, to get so many electoral votes that it would just be, you know, the more, why do audits, you know? Well, I, what, I, what I believe from the, from only from my data, I have no other insight other right, than the right, data. Yeah. But when I look at the data, any state that during the actual election took an amazingly long time to call, let's look at Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, he, Trump was up like an amazing number of votes and it took forever to be finally called. Right. Because Pennsylvania was not in its right place. Pennsylvania was destined when we did the original curve right. to be a Biden state with 20 way, electoral college votes. By the way, what was the shape of that original curve? <laughs> the shape of that original curve? It was the six-order polynomial. Oh. <laughs> she called me I up. Think... She was so excited. Dr. Bright, Dr. Bright, the shape of the original curve is the six-order polynomial. <laughs> I think I threw a bad word in there, and then I felt bad after saying that to Dr. Frank. But <laughs> I'm going to help with something. Do you guys need to so, so what was, tell, tell, explain Pennsylvania. Bring it up, What guys. was Pennsylvania? What was Pennsylvania? Uh, Pensa Pennsylvania so, was really interesting because um, uh, one of the other things that I'm seeing is that in the beginning of the count, in the beginning of the count for each state, there's a random number of, of numbers yeah. that are thrown in at the beginning. Right. And right. this seems to set up the way that that the curve will approach its final set point. Right, right. And so what happened in, in Pennsylvania is they did their initial, what, what's called a, a, a syst initial system perturbation, uh -huh. and that sets up our initial movement to the set point. And they do it to, it, what it looks like, is they do it to put a little bit of chaos in the system right. so that the percentage moves a little bit, and if people at home, it looks like a more exciting race. Right. So they did this, and then they start moving up. Well, the, all the people came out, and voted for Trump much more than was expected. Right. And when they... <laughs> so they had when, to react. Everything when, was a well, reaction. What was happening was the trend was now going so that if you extrapolate it out, they would break the algorithm like, right. like Florida right. did. Right. And so what they had to do to get rid of that trend, they right. hit the reset button. Right. And they had to restart the algorithm, which put the initial system perturbation in again, which caused us to go up 200,000 votes, down 500,000 right. votes, and then continue on. Right. So that actually <laughs> explains, you know, here's what I've said. I call that the miracle. I call that the miracle. That's the first miracle, everybody, because you think of this. What if... What if Donald Trump had not got all the if the votes that they expect? What if he would have got? What if he would have got what they expected? What would have happened? 
Now, can you tell us what would have happened by, by your basement? Let's just say they figured that, that they figured right that he or that they whatever they thought that was 65, whatever they predicted, what would have happened to this country? Well, if, if Flor Florida and Texas are the two that look like they broke the algorithm, they broke their their set point. They did not meet their set point at right. all. Right. And if those two states had not done that then everyone else would have just gone into their set points. There would have been no need for adjustments and there wouldn't have been apparent flips on the screen and, yeah. and nobody would have And what would we have thought? Them. We would have thought, wow, those mail-in votings and, you know, wow, we've turned, this whole country has turned. Yes. But what's the most important thing? We would have never, ever known about the machines and this attack on our country. We, that's a miracle, everybody. What Donald Trump, by him getting all those votes and everybody voting, for voting, getting out and voting, we caught this, which is going to save our country. Where it's yes. going to save our country. Yes. This cyber attack, they're coming in and attacking our country. Yeah, that's a miracle. I keep telling that to people. That's a miracle. You know, and I'm, it's a good time to say two other miracles. I think it's a miracle that they didn't flip it back, you know, just on the, you know, the legislators doing their job and flipping it back based on all the other evidence. And if they would have done that on the 14th of December, guess what? We would have never known about the machines and this algorithms. What happened to everybody? And here's another one. Here's another miracle. Do you know the two senators in, in Georgia? I prayed, I prayed the day before that they would take them both. You know why? Why would I pray they take them both? If I'm a marketer for them, I'm saying, give them back one of the Republicans, right. because then you know what? This whole country would have been, Mike, you guys and people like all of us here, do you guys, we'll get them in 2022. Yes. We, got the, we got the Senate. That was a miracle. What happened when they took them both? Everyone went, oh. There's you know, no way. There's, there's no way. way. Get and then you know what? And then people, people with the, you know, different from different, different algorithms and different mathematics. These guys are geniuses up here. <laughs> geniuses. And by them doing this, and they're heroes. They're heroes. They, you know, absolute <laughs> heroes. And it's, um, to, to, to show this, and I just want everyone to know. So you look at that, the math, the odds of all of those things happening. That all of those things happening, that they underestimated the, the votes for Donald Trump, that no legislators, nobody did their right. job, or nobody out of fear or whatever, you know, no judges looked at any of the cases. That's a miracle. If they would have, if they would have, we wouldn't be here. It would be over for our country forever, yes. forever. So as we sit here now, and this gives every state, we have 49 states represented here today. 49. We need to go back, you need to go back to your states after this is over and say, hey, we need to save our country. We need to get on board and we're gonna tell you tomorrow the case we have for the Supreme Court. I'd like to do a plug real quick because again, we have the America First audits on Telegram. So we've got states preloaded, 50 channels. What you need to realize is that before we were here at the Cyber Symposium, Dr. Frank, Captain Keschel, Draza Smith have been unloading this information to all of these groups to equip them to have these conversations. So while it's great to have a platform like this, from the ground up, we have demanded and educated our, our voter base to get more involved. So Draza is becoming more of a household name. Dr. Frank's only been around. Captain, Captain Keschel has taken the world by storm. And we are trying to equip all of these, these folks to make sure they can have intelligent conversations 
with their state representatives to demand the full forensic audit. That's where this is going. Has so to. you've got the cyber, but the math here, folks, it's unequivocal. We need to demand these. Three different ways, all pointing to the same answer. Right. And and that, and, and to have the to have the captures and these things for the whole oh, election. Yeah. That's to have the answer, you know. And it, the thing of it is, is you it, well, you approved once, not just you proved it had to be done by machines, a cyber be. attack, it, right? I mean, that's the only explanation from <laughs> all these different directions. So whether you're a Democrat or Republican, it, 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 this is our country. You know, it's a, they asked me upstairs, what if it had been the other way? Um, and Donald Trump was in and I found out that it was the other way. You know what I said on Jimmy Kimball? I said, a hundred percent, I'd be sounding the alarm because if we don't have elections, if you can take, no matter who you think did it, which I know was China, but if you take this and you go, wow, each state was preconceived, each state was, you know, you're going to do this and your vote doesn't matter. It also explains where they were pulling stuff from these non-residents. And when you say you ran out of, like you say, you set the cruise control, you ran out of bodies to take in Florida. Correct. Yeah. And, and we, what did we see yesterday? You just brought up two states. When we pulled up the, what I have is the data from the actual election, the real, the whole election with the packet captures, with the data from the election. And to put them up there, we had a million votes. It was the highest two states, if you remember that, in Florida and in Texas. The highest number, because they wanted them. And boy, those two states is what you're seeing. They were really, really red. And they broke. And they broke it. Yeah. They ran out of people. Is there any more we can get? Well, we can't tell them 100,000 dead people voted. <laughs> you know, you no understand? Works. Here's the thing is, you know, you think of deviations. If they would have said, um, and this is why it's in all 50 states, because what if they'd have said, okay, we're just going to switch um, 5 million votes from Texas. Well, in Texas, if you're going, okay, the score is uh, 6 million for Biden and 1 million for Trump. Everyone, you think, everyone, you think finally over here, they go, that's a little high. We might yeah. notice. I mean, <laughs> 5 million is a lot to make yeah. up. <laughs> no, but I mean, or, or I might, you know, like, in, uh, let's say it'd be Iowa, you know, uh, Three million to a hundred thousand. Now everybody would say there's something wrong, right? Yeah. There comes a bar that everyone's going, oh, that could happen because they had the disguise of the, you know, the China virus or the virus and the mail-in voting. So they had that variable that stuck in everybody's head to use that. You know, you had like, like I've been saying it before in Michigan, hundred thousand votes come in. You know what they told the public? Well, those darn mail-in votes, they go to Biden. You know, yeah. they go to Biden. Well. The, the mail-in votes in Michigan were counted the morning of the third, not in the middle of the night on the fourth. You know, so they you, might have been counted again. Oh, they might have counted again. Well, so Trump, Trump's, <laughs> own, Trump's own pollster said that if you get 66 million votes, you'll be reelected. Of course, incumbent president's gaining votes, right? And he got 74 at least. And because that number is so high, and having to readjust, like it's very obvious, county by county level, to see these excess votes. Right. And the real number is 80 million. We're going to show that when you guys uh, gotcha. we get done here. That was 80 million. You we know, we brought out a whiteboard because you know Seth got to give his nice lecture. I got to give my nice lecture, and Draza lecture. didn't get to do that. We thought maybe you might want to show us what it looks like yeah, put it, when a you, PID would you do that? controller. Would you put it on there? And I gave you a pen if you wanted to show them what it looks like. You could. Yeah. Thank everybody. <laughs> I don't know if everybody's going to get this, but we'll give it a try. Well, give it, it a is, try. Give it at a least, try. At least then it'll be on tape and they can watch it and watch <laughs> it. Watch it, it, watch it, watch it. <laughs>
Okay, so if, so uh, a PID controller is a standard industrial controller that has a proportional, which is the P, an integral, which watches how far that you've come to get to your set point, and then a derivative, which looks at the rate that you're approaching your set point. And I might have lost everybody right there, but it's okay. That's okay. It's a speed limit you got to set towards. It's a towards. speed limit. So if we have, if we have a car, and, and our car is going 35 miles an hour, and we want to set it to 55 miles an hour, and so this becomes our set point, and this is over time, that at time equals zero, we're at our initial point of 35, right? And if we go to our next second, we're going to start injecting fuel into the system, and we're going to go like this as we approach our set point. So if we had everything that was purely proportional, we'd probably approach it like this, and then we hit the possibility of overshooting. So there's some more math that goes in. The integral looks at how far we've come and will kind of slow us down as we get to that set point. So we kind of end up with a curve that approaches like that. And that's usually what you see and what we hope you see in your car so you don't get yanked around as the gas is pushed again and again and again to get to our set point. So what we saw in the election data Use was, another color, use another color. I'm using another color. <laughs> was that we kind of got something crazy at the beginning here. And this is if we're looking at percent uh, Trump to percent, to percent Biden votes. We got something a little crazy when you plot this data from the, I was using the Edison data from the New York Times JSON files. And then you start seeing it go up, but because we put this chaos in at the beginning, the integral portion looks at where you've come from. And it's saying, I came from chaos, so I don't really know how to adjust this. So we start looking at these kind of crazy shapes that come up and then end up going straight in. And you get a curve that gets this peak down here in this flat spot and then some wiggles and approach this curve. And this is a rough approximation, but this is basically every single state. Every single state approaches exactly like this. Um, and if we take and align them from the start point relative, so you take uh, the first report, T equals one, here and you and you plot them you can see the same everybody can do it at home check me make sure I'm not lying to you you can plot the percent Trump to percent Biden votes over time from the Edison data and you will be able to see the same shape factor again and again and again from all the states all right that ain't natural buddy <laughs> it's not natural buddy so I was looking at my curves and I was seeing the PID control curves, right? Approaching things. Um, I was also noticing that the control, so like in the, in the cruise control, our control variable, for those of you that know, you know, control, a little bit of control theory, the control variable is not the votes. When we look at the individual votes for Trump and the individual votes for Biden, those can confuse you a little bit. But when you look at the ratio of Trump to Biden votes, that's the control variable. Right. The only thing that's left up to be random 
then is the total number of votes, and that'll depend on the exactly. number of people that come out to vote. So when I did that, and I saw what Dr. Frank was showing, he was showing that we almost have a pre-calculated total number of it, I guess, well. Because if you take the total number of ballots that he calculated for each county, you end up with your total amount of votes that they're going to be expecting to get. Exactly. And therefore, that, and would allow, right, that would allow them to calculate, given that number of votes, how quickly they have to hit their set point before they run out of votes to make sure that they get to the right place. Very good. Further adjusted than even your norms. I mean, you look at Johnson County, Kansas, there's a giant house race going on there. So you have a lot of the states that had Senate races or big time gubernatorial races going on, at least as far as my numbers are concerned, show exactly what you're talking there, about. There was, I had a really good experience a few weeks ago in the state of Utah. I showed up to meet with the uh, congressman there and he said, um, well, Doug, will you help me put together my presentation? This afternoon I'm gonna be presenting to my committee. I said, sure, and he brought up a PowerPoint. He says, point number one, Seth Kessel's data. Point number two, draws the Smith's data. Point number three, <laughs> your data. And so we went through each of our analyses one after another. So he just, he just showed up and just like boom, 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 boom. And so combined, it was a very powerful thing. And it was the first time I'd had a chance to see your data. And it was very useful and it was fun because in, in the case of Utah, all of your red counties matched exactly where my, where my issues were too. And, and all of your, your, yours, but yep, here's the problem here, here's the problem. It was just fun. They all came together. You, you should yeah. feel the energy up here with these, <laughs> these math geeks. I was the guy that fell, fell asleep and had a nice drool uh, pattern on the desk. I'm getting nervous because I, 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 I feel like I can't pass this test, but this is so cool. I think I'm the most useless person here right now. So the question is, is so were these calculations being made in China on election night? I've been looking at the result data. I have no way to know where they were being made. It just looks to me that if I was in charge of designing the system, because I put a lot of thought in how I could design the system, um, I think it would have to be, have been brought back to a central location and then done processing and then sent back. It looks like it's a distributed control. If you're familiar with distributed control, it looks Our like, person. yeah, it looks like there was some sort of supervisory system that was watching what was going on sends a command out to the state, okay, you're at this percentage. Because when you look at the states, even the raw data, you can see the percentage control. Anybody can see it. I think Gateway Pundit did a big story on that and everything else. You can see it. And, oh, anyone can and see you, it. Once you know to look for it, you can see it. You look at the plots of the, of the Trump to Biden votes over time, and they just follow each other. If somebody makes a curve, the other person makes a curve. If somebody makes a point, the other person makes a point. And you wouldn't really expect to see that because you'd kind of expect that if a highly Republican precinct comes in, you'd get a little bit of a bump in the Republican curve and a little bit of a dip in the percentage. You know, but you don't. You see an exact correlation. I did take a page out of Dr. Frank's uh, book, and I've started plotting the total votes for Trump and the total votes for Biden over time. And if you take the line that those two, the curves that those two make, and you do a correlation, every single state is between 0.97 and 0.99. <laughs> okay, so now this is- That ain't a, natural, buddy. That ain't that natural. natural. <laughs> so one of the things that you have to understand is there's a way to, to, to check, to fact check this work. My wife is a uh, engineer as well, but she doesn't have the, the following that these folks have. And what she did is she actually asked for Dr. Frank's methodology, and she's talked with uh, Draza, and she was able to do this in New Mexico. 
and wouldn't you know, it checked out. So if you have a decent math set of skills, which I don't, you can do this work. This is not, once you figure it out, it's, yeah. it's hard to figure out you initially, but it. once it's there, it's clear as day. Yeah. I only had to have one call with your wife. I mean, she called and we, we and she, she'd already done a lot of the preliminary work. She just says, can you help me with this one step and a little conversation, bada boom, bada bing. They find their set point it. and yeah, exactly. it's just, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a startling revelation. So folks yes. in New Mexico, yes, you need to know, because I've been asked, give a shout out to New Mexico. Yeah, yeah we, we had an algorithm deployed in yes. New Mexico. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. All across the country. And that is one of the fun things, too, because a lot of people said, well, gee, you know, anybody confirmed your work? Yeah, I mean, I'm, my work, at least a dozen places around the country, your wife's one. Um, and, and your work, I think you're the only one who's done your calculation. No, 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 no. Okay, good. Is who's Trisha, confirmed it? Is Trisha, where's Trisha? Is she here? <laughs> no, I don't see her. So there's been a, a, a one, of, one of the super moms. She's been doing a lot of the, the compa state comparison calculations for me. Uh, the group from Washington State has uh, had meetings with me and learned what I'm doing and now been doing all of their races to show oh, the, the control. Beautiful. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I'm super so, so proud of So there are other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. excellent. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. excellent. We three are all been helping states. I, I didn't know about your help in Washington. Way to go. But we're all making ourselves available to help multiple states. Yeah. And you just heard earlier today, our cyber guys are making themselves available to help in terms of in terms of resources. So you're right, the symposium is, the symposium isn't the end of the race. I, I've been likening the symposium as Normandy. We've been having several battles up to this point, but this is our landing. We've brought all our troops in one invasion, and now, now you're all equipped, we've brought all of our resources to bear, now it's now we're, we're going forward. Right? I'm actually a little bit embarrassed that I've not been canceled off of Twitter yet. <clears throat> um, General, <laughs> so, so General Flynn told me that it's a mark. It's a it's a mark of honor. Like so. So look, I'm not trying to get myself banned tonight. Just so <laughs> you, you're not speaking enough truth there, buddy. Get busy. Okay. I got I got banned off of Twitter with uh, an audience of 125 people when I started. Wow. I had, I had 125 people. There were followers, and I started putting my math uh, plots out, and it's like, or like, oh yeah, I'm worthy of that. Yeah. I don't know. So, so that's part of the story. What is it so dangerous about learning about the PID controller with 125 people <laughs> on Twitter that she had to be deplatformed? Yes. Yes. Does that sound like free speech? Does that sound like a free country? 125 people. 125 people. Oh, it's so important that we stifle Draza. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, I was I was canceled. I'd never gotten any strikes, and I was completely uh, my my account was completely banned. Uh, with a oh my goodness, with it the email that I got was that I was manipulating the platform. Um, yeah. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't even heard of you at that point. That's, that's and I mean, you, all right, so amazing. Um, my after the the thing is is that it's it's really depressing when you realize what's happened, right? But once you realize what happened, right, and you see it, now all of us can start coming together and we can start coming up with plans, discussions of how things can be restructured and taken care of so that, you know, somebody may come along and try to fool us again a different way, but they're not going to fool us this way ever again. That's right. I think um, there, this is going in phases. It's like we already have a mountain of evidence. We don't need more evidence. We have 
now we have to get the evidence in the eyes of the people so that they're motivated and that's what yes. we just were talking about so that's part of what's going on here but we also have new types of evidence that are particularly motivating like what we discovered today with with the way the, the um the, with the site with the forensic images of the machines that's huge we we so it's we need evidence but we also need the people to see the evidence and the kind of people that we see so i think we're in that phase where um, and um, we're math conversations, so we're growing geometrically now. You know, one, two, four, <laughs> eight, 16. We're growing like that across the country. So in terms of an optimistic message, I'm booked a month out and everybody wants to hear, and, the, 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 and I know Seth is very popular and draws, we gotta get her on the circuit, although she's moving. But the point <laughs> is, the place is coming alive. So on a positive note, we're growing geometrically. It's never been easier to understand where your Republican rep or senator Excellent or elected point. official Excellent point. stands than, any, than right now. And there's two key issues. One of them is not related to the symposium, but that would be medical freedom. Okay, but the Agreed. election integrity issue, which is a very underwhelming way to put this. This is a bigger problem than just election integrity. Agreed. Everybody in a position to influence this movement needs to be put on record and have their position identified. So no more hiding around, waiting for something to just disappear because every single state has issues. Every Was state. Washington state. Every state. Washington state, Oregon, Maryland, yeah. Massachusetts. You have to push these blue states to their normal margins to be able to sneak off with the <coughs> swing states. All All right. Right, so every single Republican well representative, senator, anybody even at county level that can have influence in this needs to have their position identified clearly. Okay, and somebody to consolidate and organize this into a presentable format to understand just where our people sit. Because you're either going to move on this issue of this time, this is a critical time, no matter what the outcome. Because if you're not back, backing election integrity or audits in your county if it's needed, well, you can make the case any county is needed, then you have no <laughs> mandate to be elected to your seat again. Stop playing by the enemy's rules about are you 100% sure? Do you know that? That's not what we're That's here for. That's not the way we play. We have game. enough here to demand full forensic audits yes. in every state. You need to walk out of here with your heads held high and demand it, okay? With that, let's give these folks a round of applause and we'll see what we got next. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. That was the, the whole thing, guys. It's done. So, if you stuck around this long, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, I feel like it's up to us to save the Republic. You know, we have to save the Republic. Love you all. You have a great day. Bye.